0: If you have your Bibles, open up to Mark 4, verse 34. I'm going to jump in. We've been going through, as Pastor Zach explained, a week of fasting and praying, and we've been talking about this subject line of breakthrough. Breakthrough. Breakthroughs are biblical. God is the God of breakthrough. And so today I'm going to kick off this first sermon of the series with a little bit different of an outlook on breakthrough, if that's all right. And uh, Mark 4... Verse 34 This message is entitled, Stay in It. Right before this, Jesus is here on earth. He's moving, He started His ministry. he's starting to show who he is and he gets his disciples together he gathers the 12 bros he's like bros come with me I'm about to do some work here I want you to be a part of this they're like okay sure you say so we're with you man not really sure of what they were getting themselves into I just believe but they jumped right in and so now they're moving and now he's teaching in parables to them there in Mark right before this moment he's teaching them what the kingdom of God is like He's teaching them of of what Jesus is going to do here on earth. I'm just paraphrasing a lot of the Bible because some of you have walked in here today and you don't even know where the book of Mark is, and that's okay. We're glad you're here. You're welcome to. You don't need to know it all. You don't have to have it all together to belong here. We're just glad you're here. And so Jesus is, is who we believe. He's the savior of the world. He came and he died on a cross and he raised to life again three days later so that we could have hope and eternal life in him and we could have freedom in him. So Jesus is moving. He's operating. He's gathered his 12 dudes together. He starts teaching and crowds start to gather. A lot of people start to gather and Jesus is like, whoa, there's a lot of people here. I can't stand on the land anymore. I gotta get on a boat. Let's get on a boat and let me keep teaching. So Jesus gets up on a boat and he starts teaching. As he's teaching... They're now moving across the lake, and we jump in to Mark 4. I think the big Bible is going to be on the screen there, verse 34. Sorry, verse 35. It says this, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let me just say this. Evening. Why does, why does the scripture show us that this, what is about to happen happens in the evening? I read scripture this way, so just bear with me for a minute here. Evening is dark. Anybody ever been to a place where evening is bright? I know there's a few places in the world like that, but the most places I visited, (laughs) evening is not bright. Evening is dark. Darkness, hardship, pain, all that stuff, it is evening there. So they are in the dark of the night. You with me? Nod your head like you're with me. Three of us. Praise God. I'm going to preach to every single one that nodded their head. The rest of you, I hope you get with it. Come on now. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, basically a.k.a. a wave, came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. My guy, storms raging, that brother is sleeping with a pillow. Anybody else think that's a am- great? The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? <laughs> that dude is sleeping and they're having a panic attack. Brown bag, like, and he's passed out dreaming. He's in his REM cycle, he's in it. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus, this is your word. Thank you for it. Thank you for your example. Thank you for the truth in it. Father, convict, change, transform us today. We ask this all. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay in it. Has anybody told, ever told you something to do, or better yet, not to do something? Me, oftentimes in my life, I am told what not to do. As growing up as a kid, I was the kid that my parents all the time had to tell me what not to do. I was in Florida one summer, and my, my mom's sister and both sisters actually used to live there. One of them used to live there once here now. Aunt Renee, I love you to death. She's back in Chicago. Praise God. She left Florida for this amazing weather. I'm with my uncle and my cousin. My uncle's a fisherman, avid fisherman. He loves to go boating. We'd go out in the ocean. We'd go jet skiing. we do all that stuff. But one day my uncle wakes us up and says, hey, we're going to go to a lake. In Florida. And I was like, great, that's fine. He's like, it's going to get warm, it's going to get hot, wear some sunscreen, pack some water, make sure you guys are good to go. And I was like, fine, easy, no brainer, it's not that hot down here. We're in the middle of July. It's hot in Florida. Anybody ever been to Florida in July? Don't go, it's terrible. It is hot, it is muggy. We get to the lake. He unloads the boat. We get in the boat. We are sitting in the boat, zipping around through the water, casting some lines at times, but mostly just zipping around. It has now been two hours we're on the boat. What is happening to JP? JP is having heat exhaustion. JP does not want the sun anymore radiating on him. JP is done. Done. He stops the boat. He casts a line. JP stands up because... I am very uncomfortable, I am very much upset, I am now very angry that I'm sitting out here in this heat, getting toasted by the sun, I take off my shirt, I take off my shoes, and I jump into the water. Rightfully so, right? Everybody else would do that. My uncle doesn't say anything at first, and he just kind of looks at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm enjoying this. I'm like wading in the water like, oh, this is refreshing. The water was a little bit cooler than outside. Oh, this is amazing. He leans over the boat. True story. Leans over the boat and says, JP, you probably want to get out of that water. I was like, no, 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 I don't. He's like, no, you want to get out of the water. You should have never got out of the boat. You want to get, do you see anybody else out of the boats? And I was just like, no, they're all morons. I'm the smart one here. It's water. He said, no. Now, I'm thinking, we're not in the ocean. There's not sharks. No sharks here. What am I afraid of? A couple bass fish biting my feet? No. He says, JP, this is alligator-infested water. Get out of the water right now. Brother, I'm telling you right now, I swam so fast to that boat. I climbed up over the side of the boat. I was praying to God above saying, please do not let me get bit by an alligator. He was like, what are you doing? I didn't tell you to get out of the boat. I was like, yeah, but I was uncomfortable. I didn't want to go through this pain of heat anymore. I wanted to get to where I thought it was better. There was alligators in that water. Alligators and people aren't friendly. Those people that put their heads in alligators' heads, they're nuts, crazy. Alligators don't like me at all. But I was uncomfortable. I wasn't listening. And I said, you know what? It's better for me to get up out of this boat and to get into the water. How wrong was I? Stay in it. Stay in it. I think about this story of Jesus in the boat with his disciples, and I and I see how how this storm comes and the winds rage and everything is blowing like crazy, and the disciples are freaking out. If it's me on that boat with the disciples, what am I doing? I'm jumping. I'm like, you got a better boat? Notice it says the boat is what? Sinking. There's water in the boat. Anybody ever been in a boat where there's water? It doesn't stay afloat very long. It starts to fall. They're panicking. They're freaking out. But here's what's wrong with us today. Here's what's wrong with me today. I get out of the boat. I get out of the trial. I get out of the situation. I make my own way. I make my own path. I make my own decisions. I do me. I've said it often in this church. I just do me. It's better for me to do what I'm going to do than God, what he's going to do for me. It's better for me to make my decisions and get out of the boat than to stay in the boat where God is at. Hello. God was in the boat with those brothers. Jesus in the flesh was in the boat with them. And those dudes are freaking out. They're having a panic attack. I jumped out of the struggle for a moment of satisfaction and put myself in grave danger. We as followers of Jesus, as people, when we get out of the place of trial, we get out of the moments of being stretched, we put ourselves sometimes in grave danger. We're missing the moment. We're missing, we're missing the strengthening. Don't get quiet on me. This is good news. We're about to get there, I promise. But this is who we are. This is who I am, right? I don't want the stretching. <laughs> I don't want the pressure. I don't want the, oh, man, this gets really uncomfortable really fast. Oh, I don't really like this. God, this wasn't the faith that you promised me to have. I thought this was rainbows and butterflies and whatever else, unicorns running around and me dancing with them. That's what we think Christianity. My wife thought that was funny. That's it. <laughs> Praise God for her. i just going to preach to her. We think that way. Jesus, your word is good and he has a lot of promises, but what, what happens when the trials come. <laughs> oh, it was good when I received Jesus. It was good when I got baptized by Jesus. But when that first trial hits, Jesus, where are you at? I can't hear you, brother. I'll just go back to doing what I was doing. It was a lot easier. We do that. We do it as believers all the time. I do it as a believer all the time. The problem today more than ever is we look for the nearest exit sign, The moment. A trial comes away. The moment breakthrough isn't happening on our timetable, we look for the nearest, quickest escape route because we think, and our minds tell us better yet. Satan tells us, you're better by yourself. You're better on your own. God, he's not the God of breakthrough. He's not going to do anything for you. He's failed you enough already. And we have to look at ourselves and go, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, uh-uh, brother. My God's never failed me. He's never let me down. As hard as it is to say that sometimes, as hard as it to, to verbalize that sometimes, you still got to say, hey, you know what, soul, it is well. I'll lift my hands in worship and sing that God is good. I'll lift my hands in praise and say you are faithful, God. I don't care what is around me. I don't care what is happening. God, you are good yesterday. You're good today. You're good tomorrow. You're good for the next rest of eternity because you are good. But we fight it. We hit back. No, 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 no. We come up with all sorts of excuses. We go from full trust to full retreat. We go from praising God to passing by God. It's hot in here. I don't want to praise God today. Guess what? You could have walked in here today praising God, and your breakthrough could be right when you walk out this door. Hello, church. This ain't no joke. We walk in, and we, ah we, oh, man, not my song today. It's not my song. Nope, nope, they're not doing that one that I love. If they don't do the song I love, I'm not going to sing really loud today. I don't care if it's a song from 50 years ago or five years from now. Jesus' name is being proclaimed. I'm going to lift my hands and sing to Jesus. Because I don't want to pass by Jesus. I don't want to miss him. I want to stay with him. We go from pressing into God and into pressing against God. Anybody ever heard me say, and I've said it often, why don't you just lean into God? Why don't you just press into God? Isn't it good when you have a father or someone bigger than you, older than you, that you just knew you could just go up and you could just rest your arm, your head on the shoulder? You could just lean in a little bit and just take the weight of you off and put it on them? I love that. I do it to some guys now. They're like, what's wrong with you, brother? I was like, man, I'm tired. I'm weary. You're bigger than me. Hold me up. They're like, get off me, man we got a God in heaven that loves you so much that's just like, I don't care what you're going through, just press into me. But instead of pressing in, we press against. we got a, we got people and me oftentimes when this trials comes and these situations comes and we don't have breakthrough, we go, God, you're good when the breakthrough comes. Praise God for the mountaintops. Praise glory be to God. But guess what? With every mountain, there's a downward and there's a valley. And when we get to the valley, we're like, you're not that good anymore. No, you were good up there, down here, not so much. His word says... Even though you will walk through the valley. It doesn't say you're going to sit in the valley. It doesn't say you're going to stay in the valley. It says even though you will walk through the valley, what? He will be with you. Church, what? I'm thankful that the scripture doesn't say. Hey, guess what? You're going to stay in the valley for the rest of your life. The moment you become a believer, you're going to sit in the valley. I'd be like, nope. Nope. (laughs) Done. (laughs) I'm out. It says you're going to walk through the valley. You're gonna walk through the pain. You're gonna walk through the struggle. You're gonna walk through the addiction. You're gonna walk through the depression. You're gonna walk through the anxiety, and Jesus is gonna be with you the entire way through, seeing you through it. It's amazing news. It's powerful. It's exciting. (laughs) Like my God is going to walk with me, hand in hand, step after step. I don't have to fear, I don't have to worry. I don't have to get out of the boat because it's not going my way. I get to stay in the boat with my God. Stay in it. Stay in it. Breakthroughs are biblical. God is the God of breakthrough. Throughout scripture we read times and times again, God does amazing things for his people. But we get the whole story, right? We all get this and we get to see what happened in the life of Abraham who was promised to be the father of many and had to wait. That brother had to wait many years. We see Joseph going from the pit to the palace as I talked about a few months ago. We get to see these different people go through struggles and come out to the other side. And we're like, wow, God, look how quickly you did it for them. What we don't realize is we don't notice the timetable that it took for God to do it. We just read it like, man, it was one day this way, Joseph was in the pit, the next day he was at the palace. That brother had a good life. That man was in struggles, in battles for years upon years upon years, but guess what he didn't do? Guess what Abraham didn't do? Guess what Paul didn't have to do? They didn't waver in their faith. They stayed. They gripped. They held closer to him. They said, "Hey, listen, God, you put things in my heart. You put promises in my heart. You've put a path before me that you've promised that you're going to take me to it. I'm not there yet, but guess what? I'm good. Cuz if you're right here on this part of the journey and you're not away from me, but you're right next to me, when we get there, it'll be great. But right now I'm content. I'm content with you right here, God. If we're right here today, I am content." Church today, more than ever, we're not content. We're not content. We have everything at our fingertips. Everything. We can get something real fast. I was on Amazon Prime. I love Amazon Prime. Anybody else like Amazon Prime? Love it. I accidentally ordered Amazon Prime one day. Accidentally. My wife goes, what's this charge for Prime? I was like, oh, I don't know, what happened? Somebody has to come in and. But I love it. You know why? Because it's so fast. <laughs> People are buying groceries online now and getting them to their house that day. That's amazing. We are in the fast, dis-paced generation of all time. So being fast-paced, get it now, it's going to come quick. We put God in that same category. God, you got to move right now. you got to go right now. God, if you don't go right now, I'm in trouble. God, if you don't go right now, I'm going to lose my faith. God, if you don't go right now, I'm not going to serve you anymore. I can't tell you how many times, this isn't my notes, but I can't tell you how many times I sit with people, a lot of times with guys that I've mentored in through college and life, and I said, whoa, what are you doing, bro, because they were so faithful. They were like, man, I encountered God. God came into them. Jesus raised them to life. And then they start going through this thing called faith, and faith starts to happen. And they're like, whoa, I don't like this because God's not moving on my timetable. I'm like, brothers, listen to me. Don't get out of this. Stay I promise if you just stay put, God's going to see you through it. God's going to do something amazing in and through it. God's going to do something better than you could have ever thought or imagined in your life. That's his promises. But his promises and fast and quick. We want fast and quick. You with me, church? Put the fast and quick aside and say, God, whatever timing you want to do, I trust you. If it's not today, if it's not tomorrow, if it's not next year, I'm still going to be faithful with you. I'm still going to get alone with you. I'm still going to walk and talk with you. I'm still going to be an example to your people around me. I'm going to still be a bright light in this city. No matter if my breakthroughs come or not, I'm going to still see people's breakthroughs coming. And when other people have breakthrough and I don't have breakthrough, I'm going to rejoice with them. Oh, let me just say this for a second. What happens too is, oh, man, you guys are like, man, he got, what is going on with him this morning? We see other people have breakthrough. We see other people get healed. We see other family members be healed of this or that and come released of this or that. We see it all the time. And we're still sitting in the trial. Like, that dude's been serving you, Jesus, for six months. I've been here for six years. Are you confused? Instead of saying, praise God. Praise God that that family's been redeemed. Praise God that that person's healed. Praise God that that person's come through this. And praise God because my breakthrough is coming. Learn that. Get that heart. You can't celebrate and praise with others. Ain't nobody going to celebrate and praise with you. People up, you can't praise people to God. You can't lift them up before God because you're just upset that you haven't had your breakthrough. When yours comes, watch what happens. Praise with people. Rejoice with people. It's not in my notes. In life, seasons will come and go, but the spirit of the Lord is constant. The seasons can make us better. And are our breeding ground for developing our faith. This is encouraging you guys this morning. Stay in it. Three things that I see from scripture, from the story with the disciples that I think are powerful principles that I see. That I've learned from that God has revealed to me. And I want you guys to catch this. I want your hearts to grab a hold of these truths. Because these will carry you through the moments when your breakthrough has yet to come. When you're sitting in the trial. When you're sitting in the pain. The first thing is this. Seasons change the spirit's constant. Oh, that'll preach. You can say it. That'll, that'll preach. Mm-hmm. You can shout me down, whatever you want to. No, i That will preach. It will. If I just left it at that and said, go, trust the Spirit. He's constant. Seasons are going to change. You all would go and be like, okay, we can do this. Seasons are going to come in life. Just take a look at the disciples here for a second, right? Well, how'd you get that, JP? That's not really in the scriptures. Yes, it is. Let me show you. Disciples, who were they? Average Joes. Men, boys, really, teenagers, morons, like me, that Jesus comes and gathers together. He says, come on, you're going to follow me. They were fishermen. They were, they were doing different things, and now they're walking with Jesus. They've given up their old life. What did they give up? One season for a new season. So their seasons have changed, right? When you go from one thing to the next, you're in a new season of life. If you start a new job, you're in a new season. For you college students, when you're starting school, you're in a new season. Summer's over, school starts. The summer of seasons over, you're back into schools. Good luck. Praise God for school. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. You start new seasons all the time. The disciples were walking as fishermen, and now they're walking with the King of Kings. Now they're going to be named, be remembered. Their name is going to be remembered forever. They're there. And I just, I just wonder. If those disciples had any idea of what they were getting themselves into. If they had any idea really what they just gave up to get a hold of. I doubt it. We have the whole picture. They did it. They were just wide-eyed, faith-filled. They saw Jesus be king of kings, walk in. They're like, yeah, I'm with you. That's cool with me. It's enough for me. I'm good. So they're walking with him. They're doing ministry with him. And now they're on a boat with him. I wanted to sing a song and everybody would sing it together. And it's just a really bad joke. Another time. Some of you got it. Everyone's like, oh, I get it now. They're on a boat. They're sitting in a boat, and they're going out. Jesus tells them, let's get in the boat. Jesus tells them, we're not going on land anymore. Seasons change. We're getting in a boat now. New season. Brand new start. And guess where Jesus knows? He knows that the storm's coming. Jesus knew He put those brothers in a boat, and he knew this storm was going to come. You know why? Jesus knows all things. (laughs) Anybody else read scripture that way? Just me. Praise God. He knew that that storm was going to come, but he's like, listen, I want to test their faith. I want to test their strength. I want to know what's inside of them. You know what testing shows us? What's inside of us. When you squeeze me, what comes out? When pressures comes, what comes out of you? When you're walking through trials, what is coming out of you? Is it coming out that Jesus has changed, he's not who he was? Or you know what, the spirit is constant in my life. What's coming out of you? When you're pressed, Jesus knew, hey, I'm going to take these guys on a little journey. I'm going to take them on a little faith test. I'm going to take them on a boat and there's going to be a storm. These brothers are on a boat with him. They're now thinking how did we end up here and then the storm hits it says it wasn't a calm gentle storm this storm was bashing their boat the waves were hitting the wind was crazy and Jesus of all things is sleeping on a pillow <laughs> to me that's the greatest scripture of all time right there Jesus is a savage he's like I'm gonna sleep on a pillow while a storms happening and the rest of my boys are on a boat I'm gonna go just crash pass out right now you know why because he knew his father in heaven didn't change. He knew his father in heaven was constant. He didn't have to worry. He didn't have to fear. He didn't have to have, exa- well, he's Jesus. Guess what? We have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living inside of us. So we should have the same spirit to know that our Savior is not going to change. He's going to remain constant. And this, this man is sleeping on a pillow and they wake him up. Like, Yo, God, Jesus, this is crazy out here. This is nuts. Can you do something? He just wakes up. All right, fellas, I got you. He didn't change. He didn't change. The season changed, the moment changed, the the time changed. We have seasons and days in our own days. We wake up one morning, we have a great morning. We get to the afternoon, we're like, how did we get here today? But guess what? God's still good. God's going to give you wisdom. God's going to give you direction. God's going to give you strength to get through those days. You wake up one day and it's great. You wake up the next day, you're losing somebody that you love. It doesn't matter what season you're walking in, what storm is raging, what winds are hitting you. The spirit of God is constant. And you can say amen to that because that's the best news of all time. It's great news. You can thank God for a second. like Thank you God that you're the same. I I change. But you don't, praise God. I sin, but you still forgive, thank God. Thank God that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And seasons, second thing is this, you either choose bitterness or you choose to become better. Just read that again, because that, that's good. We choose bitterness a lot when God doesn't come through the way we want to. I do. I do a lot. There was a time, and many of you heard this story. My wife and I were married for, what, six, seven months, six months into our marriage. We were walking through the best season of our life. We just got married. Hello. It was amazing. And one day my wife comes home from running, and she's incredible pain, stomach ke- keeled over on the floor, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> where's the playbook for this for marriage? I have no idea what to do. And many of you know this. We, we walk through days, days. Of her in the ER, of her in doctors, of things happening to her that I didn't even know that that was possible. Things like she's telling me in the hospital bed, like, this is the worst pain of all time. I don't know what's going on. And me as a husband are going, what? I just married you. God? <laughs> are you confused? I became bitter. If I'm being fully honest with you guys, I became bitter. I would go home, and she'd be in the hospital, and I'd just be like, God, you're so terrible. You're going to bring this girl into my life. We're going to get married. And now doctors are saying, quote, we don't know what's going on with her. That's not always encouraging, right? Anybody else? No, just me. Okay. That's not the best news. We really can't figure this out. She's in a lot of pain. We don't know what's going on with her stomach. It's terrible. We don't know. We're going to try to do our best to figure it out, but we don't have answers. Night after night after night after night, no answers. I'm going home at night going, God, you're, you're real messed up. You messed up here. Bitterness, and he, as gently as he could, one night, sitting in the hospital bed with her, actually in the bed next door, sleeping two in the morning. She's all drugged. She's saying great things to me, like "I love you," "You're the best," all those things. She wasn't saying any of that. Just in my head, she was saying it all. I sat there, and God gently spoke. I, I opened up His Word. I just started reading because I was I was at my wit's end. I didn't know what to do. I was mad. I was angry. I was resentful towards God. I remember turning on a worship song, and I just started listening, and God just broke me. He broke me. He said, do you want to get better in this? Do you want to trust me in this? Do you want this to be a testimony for people? Do you want me to show my power in this, or do you want to stay in your bitterness towards me in this? Do you think that I'm the God that heals today, or do you just think that was 2,000 years ago? What do you think about me, JP? What do you want to start to do here, JP. And I got up out of that hospital bed at two in the morning and I turned my phone up as loud as I could and I just started singing. I don't remember the song. I don't know what was on my phone. I just started worshiping and weeping to God saying, God, I don't want bitterness. I want to be better in my faith. God, I don't want bitterness. I want to be stronger in my faith. God, I don't want bitterness or resentment. I want to trust you fully because you are good and you're going to come through here for me. No matter if my wife is healed or not healed, you are still good. I'm not going to choose bitterness. I'm not going to choose to resent God. No matter if my breakthrough comes or it doesn't come. God, you're good. You're faithful to the end. If you take her, you take her. I said that. I called my dad. He was like, son, we're going to pray. We're going to intercede. I was like, no, dad. Truthfully, like, I am broken of this. I don't ever want to resent God again. He's been so good to me. I don't don't deserve any of this, but he just gives it freely. The disciples, man, I think that that moment, they could have chose to be bitter, but God steps up, Jesus steps up, excuse me, and says, no, do you not have faith? Do you not have faith? It was a moment for them to become better because when Jesus went to heaven and ascended, those brothers went to work. They started to build the church. If you don't know it, they started to build the church. Today, we are here because of Jesus and his disciples that said, I don't care what's happened. I don't care what's going to happen to me. God, you're good, and I don't care what else happens. Do we have that heart posture? Y'all are real quiet this morning. Is it the heat? We're about done. Five minutes, two minutes. Jordan, come on up. Is this encouraging you? You have the choice. You have a choice. I said it last week. God's not like up there controlling the levers. Like, yep. uh uh-huh, No, he's like, here, here's my spirit. Make a choice. You want to be better? You want to be bitter? Third thing is this. The screams of fear can be silenced by a calming father. Oh, that's good. See, the waves are crashing. The fear is there. It's pressing on those guys. They go wake up Jesus from his REM cycle. Like, bro, please come do something. It doesn't say that Jesus rebuked his disciples, does it? See, full disclosure, I said this to my wife last night as I was studying. I said, man, I've read this passage for so long, and when I think about how it says Jesus stood up and rebuked it, it's almost as if I heard him say, Jesus rebuked it in me. Like Jesus was rebuking his disciples. Jesus was mad at his disciples. It doesn't say that, does it? Thank you. It does not say that. It says he stood up. And he spoke to the wind and to the waves. He didn't look at his disciples and was like, yo, what are you doing? Are you crazy? No, he said, all right, I'm going to calm the storm around you. I'm going to calm the winds around you. I'm going to say to these winds and these waves, stop, be still. No matter if you're walking through breakthrough, you need a breakthrough, no matter if you're walking through trials, God's mercy and grace is going to speak to the things that are going to harm you. That storm was coming to harm those disciples. And God said, nope, stay, calm, calm, be still. But you know what I love? And this is what I hope encourages you to the very end today. How many of you know that I would be at least like, yo, Jesus, you've calmed the winds and the waves. Thank you for that. High five. Awesome. We got water in this boat. It says there was water coming over the boat. This is how I read scripture, right? I'd be like, hey, Jesus, can you send another life raft? Can you, can you get us another boat? This one's st- still going down. Like, I really feel the water in me. I feel all that stuff. Jesus didn't call a life raft. He didn't call another boat. There was other boats around. It doesn't say, and I believe Scripture would intentionally write this. It would say he called the other boat, loaded him up on the other boat, and took him across the water. The next part of Scripture says they crossed the lake to another place so he could start doing work. I'm not saying this correctly. Jesus is going to calm the winds. He's going to calm the waves while you're in your middle of your trial. He's going to take the things that are going to try to harm you and keep you there. But it doesn't mean that he's going to take you out of that trial just because it's a little uncomfortable. It doesn't mean he's going to rip you out of that trial just because the water's raging a little bit, rising a little bit up to your knees. It doesn't mean that he's going to call a lifeboat to make it happier for you, to make it better for you. But he is going to be with you. It doesn't say Jesus got out of that boat. It doesn't say Jesus called his own personal lifeboat It was like, you guys, good luck. I'm going to go across the lake. It says Jesus stayed in the boat. He's in the boat with you. He's sitting with you. He's standing with you. He's holding your hand. He's saying, no matter what we walk through, son, my daughter, I'm going to keep danger and harm away from you, but I'm going to walk with you through this. Do you find me faithful? Do you find me good? Just imagine if those disciples would have just ran down next to Jesus on the naps and the boat at the bottom and just laid next to him. Maybe they didn't freak out. Maybe that would have been awesome, but they they could have had the opportunity just to go sit at his feet and hold his hand like, God, we're going through the storm right now. You're here. You're sleeping. If you're resting, I'll rest. This is how I see God. He'll calm the storm, He'll calm the winds. But he's going to stay in the boat. And he's going to say, stay in it, learn from this, grow in this, because the next trial that you're about to get into will be a little tougher than this trial. And if you don't pass this trial, when you get to the next one, it's going to be a little bit harder for you to pass that one. He doesn't skip grades. He doesn't skip. He stays true. He stays faithful. And he stays good. Anybody thankful for that in this place? I don't know about you. I'm, (laughs) whoo. I'm beyond thankful for a God. I said, anybody thankful for Jesus in this place, that his faithfulness is good, that he's going to see you through it, that he's going to bring a breakthrough, but in the meantime, he's staying in the boat with you. He's staying in the boat with you. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We adore you. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus this morning, God, that you will just reach down from heaven. You will place your hand in each and one of our hands, and you will remind us once again, God, that it is well with our soul. That, God, no matter what we're walking through, no matter what winds and waves are raging, God, you are good and you are faithful. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you lift up the heads of the weary, that you lift up their spirits, oh God, that they find strength in you and you alone, God, that they won't look to move out, they won't look to jump off the boat, they will stay in the boat, they will walk with you, they will grow in you, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, a release of angels, armies of protection over people. God, I pray that you'll calm the winds, you'll speak to the waves, God, but you will remind them that you have them in the place they are for a reason, oh God. So, Father, speak strength to these people. I speak life into these people. Father, I pray what may be dead you'll bring back to life, God, and you'll continue to carry your people through and through. Father, you are faithful, you are good, and you are worthy of our praise and adoration. Come on, church, if you believe this, why don't you stand to your feet and sing this out. Come on, church.